0: Hey everyone, Gil Gross here, post-match Rafael Nadal versus Adrian Manorino, Australian Open 2022, round four. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video in three, two, one. Nadal gets through in straight sets, but it was not easy in that opening frame. One of the most epic and dramatic tie breaks you will ever see. Nadal wins it 16-14 handful of set points both directions before that one was decided, and then it was cruise control for the next two sets as Manorino, understandably, after the long and grueling run that he's had at this event, wasn't right physically, seemed to have a nagging half injury on the court, and Rafa settled in, and it was no longer a competitive contest. But the first serve gives us a lot to talk about here. Not to mention, I promised I'd cover this match, so I was going to anyway. Uh, But a lot of interesting tactical things happened in this first set. And there's definitely some takeaways as it pertains to Nadal, his general form, and the things that he is doing well at this stage of the tournament. Before I forget and we jump into the first set, I'm going to tell you the tactical adjustment that saved Nadal in the first set. I am 100% convinced. He would have lost the first set had he not adjusted at, I think, in the 5-6 game, if not in the tiebreak, but I think he adjusted his return strategy at in the 5-6 game. If not, he did it in the tiebreak, and it, it might have been a, a bit of a progression. I'll get to that in a moment, but before I forget, a weird thing happened in this match to Rafa. He was very slow for the first 30 minutes, just didn't get his feet moving, blood wasn't flowing. And just didn't have his movement for the first 30 minutes of the match. It's not that weird. I've seen that happen to players before. It's nothing to be alarmed about. You'd hope certainly from Nadal's perspective that it wouldn't happen in a big match against a great player. Because then it could cost him. But in this match, I I just kind of wanted to mention it. That was definitely a hiccup he had. It took him a little while to get his feet under him. And to get his movement firing. But, without a doubt, the key in the first set was Nadal's return strategy. He began the match, and this was a little bit of a head-scratcher to me, because we've seen Nadal work on, work on a tighter return position in the lead-up to this tournament, and then we've seen him utilize a tighter return position closer up on the baseline against a Marcos Girón, against a Karen Hatchinov I think he used it against Hoffman too in the first set here Rafa moved back and that didn't make any sense to me because Manorino is a low pace spot angle server he he served out wide on every single first serve until the 5 six game because he saw Nadal was far back. And it was like, if if you're gonna stand there, I'm gonna serve wide. And good for Manorino. That's that was the right play. So variation is kind of overrated when you find something that worked. So Manorino out wide serve every single time. And Nadal wasn't cutting off that angle. Now I am I am someone who is a proponent of deep return positions for a lot of players and in a lot of matchups. I am not someone who hates on the deep return position. But in this matchup, it was absolutely not going to work because of the way Mannarino serves, which is low pace, sharp angle, spot serving. He's not going to do, he's not going to really beat you T if you move up. He's going to struggle to do that. He'll miss more first serves as well if you force him to hit that flat serve T. If you let him just drag you out wide, well, first of all, um, By standing back, you don't cut off the angle. But second, Manorino has incredible timing. And he's very, very good at taking the ball extra early and redirecting into the open court. Or hitting a sharp angle behind you as you try to recover. And the fact that Nadal didn't have his movement... There's a couple factors. One, his movement wasn't there. And he was really struggling to recover his court position. Two, he was getting pulled out wide very easily because he wasn't cutting off the angle. Three, Manorino was tremendous at attacking that third ball. There's a fourth factor here, which is that the further back you return from, unless you're Daniil Medvedev, who breaks this rule, the further back you return from, the more air you need to put under the ball. And Manorino was very, very good at taking that ball on the rise with a high contact point. So um, shoulder height, on the rise, and he would adjust his footwork to kind of get to that spot, and he's very good there. Um, It was a total, it was totally not a good return strategy, and then on second serve return, where Manorino did mix it up a little bit more, Rafa was too passive, and the same things were happening. Nadal served well in the first set, throughout the first set, so he held serve, he held serve, but he wasn't close to breaking serve because his return strategy was so backwards. Well, in the tie break, he moved up and he stopped respecting Manorino's second serve, which is good. It doesn't deserve respect. If you're Rafa Nadal, take a rip. Let's go. Uh, and he finally got that mentality. He hit some key return winners and forced errors off the return. Um, in the tie break, when he just moved up in the court and took big swings at the second serve. And when he moved up, Manorino started serving T and guess what happened in the tie break because Manorino saw Nadal had, uh, what was returning from in was in on the return. And he said, okay, well now, now my wide serve isn't going to work as well. Let me go T he started missing started missing that serve. You make him hit a different serve. You make him hit a flat serve that he's not as good at hitting. And then you get your looks at second serves. And then Nadal was attacking the second serve. So he got that right. Frankly, frankly, I'm surprised it took so long, but he made that adjustment and it saved him because the way his movement was and how well Manorino was playing with just absolutely Brilliant ball striking, super precise, moving the ball, uh, putting Nadal on the run, it seemed, on almost every shot. Just not letting Nadal get any forehands from the middle of the court, no forehands from the backhand side. Uh, Incredibly precise and admirable hitting from Manorino. The way that first set was going, if Nadal didn't change that return strategy, he was going to lose. Another thing he did in the tiebreak was he introduced the backhand slice. And that was key for him down the stretch. Uh, it Again, every point mattered here. And I don't think Nadal lost any points going to that tactic. And I think he won a couple. Manorino wants pace. That ball takes it out. And Manorino wants a high contact point. And that that slow and low slice is going to give Adrian fits. And then you look at the opponents he just beat. Just has me thinking. Hurkacz doesn't slice. Karatsev doesn't slice. Hmm. Um, now, you know, Manorino, it's not a cheat code. You don't just automatically win if you slice. But certainly, uh, Nadal forced some key errors in the tiebreak uh, with that backhand slice. Now, I, I have to obviously talk about how this unbelievable tie-break was ultimately decided. And by the way, I really hope that the Australian Open just posts this on their YouTube channel. It really deserves a post so that if you guys missed it, you can watch it because there's no way I can do it justice verbally. Um, Manorino had two points here that he should not have lost under any circumstance, and he did. Both were set points. The first one was a set point for Adrian. And Nadal hit a bad forehand drop shot. Manorino was up there on the backhand. And Nadal guessed the right direction. And Manorino hit it cross court. Nadal was waiting for it. And Nadal put it in, uh, was able to kind of bunt it down the line for a a passing shot. And that's the kind of mistake that Manorino rarely makes. Because he's very good at kind of waiting and holding his shots and seeing where you go. And on that occasion, I just think he didn't have the composure that he normally would have. Understandable, dramatic set point. But that one wasn't as egregious. And he should have finished. And you have to finish there. Nadal made mistakes here too. It wasn't just Manorino. Uh, But it was not as egregious as the set point that ultimately decided this thing at 14-15 when Manorino has a forehand on top of the net and somehow somehow hits it right at Nadal with the entire court open. And in this case, it wasn't a a case of anticipation, although it was the same thing because Nadal on the forehand drop shot, it was actually an inside out drop shot. So he was on the backhand side of the court and Nadal, instead of running to the open court, he stayed on his backhand side, which is where Manorino hit the ball. If you're following me here. Now he did the same thing. Nadal was on his forehand side this time. And the entire court was open and Mannarino got too cute and he tried to go behind Nadal and Nadal was there. There was no space to hit behind Nadal. No space. Why? Because Nadal was basically standing on the left sideline and Mannarino tried to hit it behind Nadal who was on the sideline. There was no space there. Nonetheless, Nadal hit a really crazy good shot he actually hit a swing volley in the midcourt defensively. And Manorino couldn't handle the volley. So my my description of these points are, again, not going to really do them justice. However, the main point is this. Manorino, a couple of chances to finish in tight and did not, which is very, very key. Um, and by the way, going back to the Nadal slice— the point at 14 all was a slice where, sorry, a point where Nadal forced that error with the backhand slice cross court where Manorino netted a backhand. So that's kind of all I got for, for the tiebreak, but it was pretty amazing. Some other tactical points I have in this match are uh, Nadal's defense. Not only did his movement get better, but I thought his court position got better throughout the match, which was very important defensively. Now, normally, that would be the other way around. It's easier to defend if you're standing back. That gives you more chance to chase down balls and improves your your court coverage. However, uh, in this case, Manorino was doing a very good job at attacking the high loopy defense. I, I kind of explained it before. Very good, taking the ball on the rise, shoulder height, and attacking from that contact point. But when Nadal was able to uh, be a little bit closer in, it enabled him to defend with uh, defend a little bit lower. You don't have to defend as high up if you are closer to the baseline. So he defends lower. He doesn't give Manorino those loopy balls that he was destroying. He was able to use that slice defense, which was also more effective, and it was a lot better. I want to end on this. Nadal is serving really, really great. Um let me pull up his average second serve speed, 103 miles per hour. That, my friends, is major. That is big. And uh Mark Petschy told me last year, uh, because he was calling the match, and so he has access to the data. I don't have access to the data. Um, last year, it was an average of 96 miles per hour on the second serve. So you're looking at a jump of... Um, of about 5 miles per hour there um on you know roughly so very very good that's big that is significant the first serve was also firing in this match he uh nadal hit 16 aces Manorino wasn't covering the box very well in the second and the third set uh, nadal also won 88% of his first serve points so I think Rafa's getting a ton out of the first serve. And what what's great about that, if you're a Nadal fan, is not about short-term. It's not about the Australian Open. You know, I, I know that I, I'm not saying this isn't important. And yes, it's important. But we're talking about the entire season, next season, maybe the season after. That's the direction Nadal's serve needs to go in. So to see that happening at this event is really, really huge. Next up for Nadal, a date with Denis Shapovalov, and I'm about to make a video about Alexander Zverev and that match that he lost to Shapovalov. I can't wait. I have a lot to say. So um, if you are watching this one and haven't checked out that one, please do. If you enjoy these videos, remember you can become a member by hitting the join button and um, become a GG Open champion for $2 a month. Hope you enjoyed anyway. Don't forget to subscribe, and I will see you next time.